0: Hello, magical money makers, and welcome to the EPOP podcast, episode 10 of season one. Season one's theme is Can you guys guess? <laughs> our journey to short term rental success.
1: And this is the second of at least, I keep saying at least, because you never know what we're going to throw at you, at least three bonus episodes. This is our second episode. Ask us anything. So now we're getting to the one-off questions that you all asked on Instagram. And then I'm going to be doing an interview with a person who created one of my favorite tools in the world, what has helped us really up, up, up level our short-term rental game. So that will be the next episode coming up. So you have to, you have to tune in. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but you're going to have to tune in Ooh, what the suspense. hear who it is because I'm super excited to have him on. All right, Hath, I've got an intro fact for you. And I didn't, and everyone else who's listening, of course, and I didn't want to do this, but I'm running out of intro facts, so I feel bad. But what I'm going to ask you right now, because we just did the states with the highest occupancy rate. So if you guys remember from last time, Hawaii, 65% highest occupancy rate in the U.S. You're followed, really
0: you're really going hard on this one.
1: Followed by Tennessee. Now I'm going to ask you, what are the top five states with the worst Airbnb <laughs> Occupancy rates. Okay. So just take, take a guess. I mean, worst an or mix? smallest? And worst meaning lowest percentage. Yeah. Lowest
0: percentage. Lowest percentage. I mean, worst on makes on it seem like they have page. bad Airbnbs. Let's just talk till it strikes again. Mm-hmm. On my way through.
1: I saw you on my way through. No, no, no. We were just having this discussion as the music was playing. This does not mean their Airbnbs are bad at all. In fact, one, the number five on this list has the highest average daily rate. to so the most expensive ah, Airbnbs okay. in the country.
0: So probably the nicest.
1: But it just means that their occupancy rates are lower because it's either really seasonal or whatever. People aren't traveling there for a, a bunch of different reasons. So give me just some some thoughts here.
0: On the worst?
1: Yeah. What have the lowest occupancy? I'll say, all right, instead of worst, let me use the term lowest, lowest. Airbnb occupancy rate. So Hawaii, across the board, 65% booked. This state- is 37 percent booked actually the first the lowest five are all 37 percent booked um mississippi oh my gosh all right dude we waited 10 episodes for you to absolutely nail it no
0: no no. i actually saw it on your computer
1: (laughs) you don't have to admit that
0: well, you know how you're always turning the computer you away from me so that I can't look. Well, when you did that, it actually made me look and I saw. Did you see
1: all the other ones? No,
0: I only saw. Well, once I realized what it was, I stopped reading, but I saw the first one was Mississippi. Hey. And then I thought I would play it out a little bit.
1: <laughs> you, well, you should have kept playing out. No one else knows. I didn't even know. I was just like, okay.
0: Good Mi- guess. Good guess. Yeah, no, I never would have thought that okay. before. I mean, I would have... Actually, my first guess probably would have been Alaska because it's Ooh, so number remote. number six. Okay. Number six. But still number six. I would have thought that would have been the lowest occupancy. But I guess if it's, you're going to Alaska, you're staying...
1: Yeah, you might be like, staying longer. Yeah. I, I don't know. There, there's a... I've never been to Alaska, yeah. so I won't talk. But.
0: Okay, so Mississippi, are the other ones between two, three, four, and five, like... Give they are nowhere clues.
1: near Mississippi. <laughs> Mississippi is an outlier because we had Louisiana and Alabama being high occupancy. So I'm not sure a Mississippi is so low. They also have some coastline and and warm weather. So that is a bit of an outlier. The other four are colder northern climates. And then Alaska is number six, which is the coldest. Okay. North, North,
0: North North Dakota. Surprisingly,
1: North Dakota. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nowhere on this list. Okay. Uh, 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 Maine. Maine is number four.
0: Okay. Um, New Hampshire.
1: <laughs> New Hampshire is number seven.
0: All right. Um, Montana.
1: Montana also not on this list, but you are now bracketing okay. a state that is on this list.
0: Okay. Oh, great. So that means my geography skills. How about Ida- Idaho?
1: No, but think near north dakota is south dakota south dakota south dakota's number number two um at this point
0: i'm just getting all mixed up because you're throwing out so many different state names can you just give us the one to five
1: sure mississippi i'm gonna gonna give you one to 15 actually (laughs) of course you are (laughs) mississippi south dakota vermont maine wyoming now i told you Mm. wyoming has the highest average daily rate so they charge the most yeah. but it has a low occupancy uh
0: what is the most expensive is it jackson hole is the most expensive little resort area jackson or is hole there another really one? expensive
1: I, th- I think that maybe when, something
0: that's even more posh and obscure that we don't even know about
1: probably just too posh for our blood we only I mean, know i've never that.
0: even been to wyoming so
1: it's it's beautiful i think probably there's not a ton of them and the ones that there are are really nice and big and maybe you know maybe they're bigger homes and they can accommodate more people and, you know, things like that. And also Jackson hole, very posh. Um, six is Alaska. Seven's new Hampshire. Uh, eight is Wisconsin. Nine is Delaware. 10 is Rhode Island. 11 is Kentucky, 12 is Nebraska, 13 West Virginia, 14 there's Michigan. There's really no
0: rhyme or reason.
1: And 15 Arkansas. Yeah, there, yeah that's no why I wanted reason. to give all 15 because <laughs> I'm like, we are just going all, we're going like Northeast, South, then we're starting in the Midwest, then we're so starting cold, warm, Sum I don't know. this
0: all up. If you're looking for a short term rental, you want to try to get to the top five states, which again, Hawaii, Hawaii Tennessee, Tennessee Florida, Florida, California, and then
1: California, Illinois.
0: Illinois. Still,
1: that I don't. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, There, there's also a stat, and I won't get too much into this because we already did the stats thing. But there is a stat called uh, RevPar. Now, what RevPar means is it takes the average daily rate and it times it by the occupancy. Because you could say, oh, like we said, Wyoming, crazy high average daily rate, low occupancy. Okay, so really, what RevPar says is what's the best state as far as good occupancy and highest daily rate, and Hawaii is number one on that. Um, by far, because they have a high average daily rate and a high occupancy. Colorado is number two. So See, when there you, you go. When you guess Colorado, yeah, uh, for highest occupancy, spot on. Not that high occupancy, but good amount of occupancy and a high rate. So yeah, it's just it was just cool. I'll give you these five real quick. Highest rev bars. <laughs> oh Hawaii by a lot, then Colorado, South Carolina number three, Alabama number four, Tennessee number five.
0: All right. If you're still with us here and your head's not spinning from all these statistics, we are going to answer the questions you actually care I, about
1: if some, <laughs> I, because you asked them. I just one day I want someone to ask me, what state has the highest average rev par?
0: Yeah, if, if you can even remember.
1: Yeah. Because um, sometimes
0: we do these stats, I'm like, I mean, I know you just told me it, and I don't even remember. I
1: gave a lot. I gave a lot. You did. Um, all right. Here are the one-offs. These are great questions. So I'm just going as they come. So we're going to be jumping around a bit. It's like a, it's like a random questions episode. So Imagine
0: that you're picking from a box, from I a am.
1: hat. Here we go. Um, Holly Prizzy, P-R-Z-Y, great question here. Are you worried about the effects of climate change being so close to the ocean?
0: Yes, we are. <laughs> yep.
1: I mean, there's you're not yep. going to beat around the bush.
0: Definitely worried about that, especially considering that last month the ocean literally was coming under our house. Fortunately, our house is raised up on pillars that have been here for 70 years and are very strong. So our physical house was fine. But yeah, I mean, there was sand. There's ocean under the house. And Trav is now trying to invest in more properties, like, even closer to the ocean. Well, maybe would, not, not even closer. closer, but... Just as close,
1: yeah. So yeah, so, we're a little little worried. Yes, but um, we we do know the town. We've talked we've talked at length with people at the town about what they're doing. You know, with the beaches, we won't get into all that detail. But um, yeah, we are also looking to diversify. A little bit, and that's why we've started to look into the mountains um, as well. One of the other things we're worried about is is hurricanes coming through and wiping stuff out. Even if it doesn't wipe your house away, maybe it ruins a part of a season. So we we are also looking to possibly diversify to other hurricane areas. <laughs> yeah. uh, but so if le- a
0: hurricane hits in North Carolina, maybe it doesn't hit in Florida, and vice versa. There
1: you go. So. There you go. Great question there, um, Dylan Badger. I'm giving Dylan Badger some love because Dylan Badger gave us three questions. Winner, winner, winner. Um, he says, can you give me some more ideas on how to make a property unique or stand out? Dylan, love this <laughs> question. We talked at length about this on episode three, but let's give you some quick hitters because I get asked this all the time, especially after I spoke at a conference. And I said, the most important thing to do with your listing is make it remarkable. And people are like, but how do I do that? And so- um, we have a little bit of a system here, Heth, and, and I'll get into it, and then you give some more specifics, but we we kind of go with like a three three check three-box checklist here, and the first thing you want is something that is like in-your-face remarkable, stands out. So for us at this house, it's the fact that we are so close to the ocean, so it's beachfront. So it could be location. It could be... Uh, One of our Philly properties that did really well, it had a roof deck. So, okay, not that no other properties have it, but maybe 10% of properties in Philly have it, 15. So we let off the very first picture on that listing was a picture of that roof deck. Can you add a hot tub? Can you have a pool? So you want an in-your-face amenity or location or something that is just like, yep, this is awesome.
0: Yeah, our friends here at the beach were thinking about putting a hot tub at their property and instead they built an outdoor bathtub tub and closed it all off so that it's private on their deck so that people could literally take a bath outside yeah that's incredible yeah
1: that's our amazing other, our other friends talked about doing a plunge pool you know what it now our plunge pools exist on like yeah when you're in the mall they use that amazing resource but don't really listen at the airbnbs they're like we, plunge pools aren't that expensive. You know, we could put plunge pools outside of our units. And so like that is the type of thing that hit you in the face remarkable. It doesn't have to be those things, but think of something like that. And then importantly, lean into that, like showcase that. That should be the first picture on your listing. That should be one of the first things you say. You should even say something like, there are no other Airbnbs in this area with this or, you know,
0: Breath- it's all about that marketing.
1: Yeah, so that's checkbox number one. What can you do? Another thing you can do with that is is a theme. You could be remark. You could make it remarkable with your theme. We have a buddy Mike who has a house in Tennessee. We talked about this in the episode, but he he leaned into the the country music theme, and so there's five bedrooms, and each one was themed out around a famous uh, country music star. So okay, that that is super remarkable. He played into that theme, so you can do something like that. The second checkbox then is going to be something that might not be as unique, but is another touch. And so, for our at our house here, we put in like hanging swing chairs uh, inside. So that's a an, that's another like oh this is cool. That's the house. That's the oceanfront house with the swing chairs in it. So. Typically, this hath is I feel your like domain. Everybody like,
0: has a swing chair these days, but nah, you
1: feel like that because you yeah. see it. But I mean, does anyone have a swing chair here at this beach town in North Carolina? Mm, probably not. Maybe not. So this is more doesn't have to be decor, but it it, it can be something that is easier to do with with decor. Um, swing chair is just one that comes to mind, but yeah.
0: But having a cohesive design throughout your entire property is. I think, right there, an outstanding, remarkable feature. If everything's really well thought out with the style and things flow from room to room and space to space, then people are just aesthetically enjoying their stay. And they have everything that they could need. And then visually, they're just very satisfied and comfortable.
1: And that is checkbox number three for me, is is tie it all together with, with the design and the aesthetic, right? Like you don't want to put, you want to say, Oh, here's my second remarkable thing. I'm going to put a pool table in here and you know, and then it it like throws off the whole element of the whole house, right? You, the, the third checkbox to me is making sure you tie it all together. It doesn't have to be an in your face theme. Like, Oh, the honky tonk house that Mike did. It could be the beach house that Heather did where people are like, Oh, this is very bohemian. It's more subtle. But so those are how. Yeah, kind of just pick
0: a style. It doesn't have to be bohemian. It can be rustic. It can be farmhouse. It can be city, urban, whatever. But if the theme style wise is cohesive throughout, then it just makes the space feel remarkable as well
1: you got to figure that people are looking at your property. They're looking at the first picture and the, and the listing right up top. And they're saying, Oh, that has a pool. I'm staying there. Or, Oh, that has a hot tub. I'm more interested. And then they're just boom, 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 boom. Like Heather gets on me. Cause I scroll through pictures super quick, but that's what I'm doing. I'll look through 30 pictures in 30 seconds or less. And I'm just basically saying, does anything feel off? Like I'm not really seeing what's in there. I'm like, Oh, this, this is nice. This all flows. And so that's how I would make it remarkable an in your face remarkable thing um that that you highlight and you make sure everyone knows that your house has this a second more subtle thing that can definitely be decor oriented um, or something that doesn't even always have to cost a lot of money the swing chairs okay cost 200 300 bucks well we would put a chair in that space anyway so just something and then the third is to tie it all together and don't make it feel incongruent um you know have have some sort of theme with it so, there you go. That's how you guys can make it remarkable. Great, great question, Dylan Badger. Um next question is Nikki Ines Inattison. Sorry if we are uh if I'm butchering that. Would you ever consider doing a new build for Airbnb? We love A-frame cabins, for example.
0: Oh, well, speaking of We aren't building an A-frame cabin right now as we speak, but just wait, because soon we will. I'm sure we've been talking about this a lot, about doing a unique space, especially in the mountains. Maybe even doing an A-frame here at the beach and wondering if that would do well here. But for sure in the mountains, it does well. And even talked about doing a yurt and things like that, having some a treehouse vibe like some very cool unique spaces and um actually somebody just reached out to us in a private like dm message that they've bought a place in montana that they're going to do a new build maybe this is the same person i'm not sure i'd have to cross check the, the dm but she was like oh we love you know your podcast this season and we've just bought a place in montana what type of house would you build and i said and she wants something small like 300 square feet or 400 square feet i said 100% 100% to an A-frame.
1: This is this goes back. This is a great one with Dylan's of of can you be like how to be remarkable. One of the reasons I want to build from ground up is that you can be super remarkable from the very beginning with the design of the house. Um there are two container homes by the same person right on lots next to each other here at the beach. They get rented out like crazy cuz there's only two of them right? And so, yes, you read our mind, Nikki. We want to do A-frames. Uh, I love A-frames. I think A-frames would work at the beach. I would do dome homes. I would do yurts. I want to build from the ground up big time. It's just a uh, a whole nother level that we haven't got to yet, but I 100% would recommend it because especially if you're building, we've kind of looked at building three or four or five units, like a little micro communities. If if you have the cash to do it and if and if you're able to do it, I think then that becomes your in-your-face remarkable thing right off there. But you've done five of them. So you are a community of five A-frames. That's going to stand out no matter what. Um, so, yeah, some of the people that I follow that have the most successful short-term rentals in the country, uh, the Bolton uh, – look up Bolton – Treehouse or something there that I forget exactly their name. That's in Tennessee. They have a bunch of dome homes on a mountainside. They did like five or six of them at once. Um, they have a treehouse in South Carolina. There are some people called the Box Hop that do container homes in very Ohio cool and on Lake yeah. Michigan. So those are the ones that stand out to me. Those are just unique from the very beginning. So highly, highly recommend it. It goes right with what we try to preach as being remarkable. Um, okay, how could you not? <laughs> awesome name it says we're gonna get caught up on episodes so you may have already been in there but more information on financing um okay we're gonna go quickly through this because basically we have just financed everything ourselves right now with my partner who is my dad um, and we have done conventional mortgages we are looking into more options there are a lot of other options you can do but i don't want to give too much advice about them because we haven't done them and i don't know everything about them but I am exploring a lot more options and learning as we go here so um I may maybe we'll do a bonus episode with a lender or someone who we trust who can talk us through that but um yeah basically look into your options there are a lot of options out there but I don't want to get into the too nitty-gritty about it right now um because I don't want to give misinformation and also there's just a lot to talk about there um next question is lee l-e-e dot land <laughs> this is i when this came in i laughed at this and i'm laughing at it again i want you to answer this seth <laughs> how do you manage too many friends and family asking to stay for free
0: <laughs> you know most of our friends and family they always offer to pay like at least they offer that first usually we're like oh well maybe you could just pay the, the cleaning fee for sure because you know or clean it yourself if you really want to Um, because we don't want to lose money to have you stay there essentially. Um, But yeah, it hasn't really been an issue for us. And when we are at our beach house, for example, we are here living, people come to visit. I mean, we don't, we don't make them pay because we're here. We're living here. Um, if they wanted to rent it in the high season, I mean, well, we just straight up said nobody that you can't. Otherwise, well, you have to just rent it on Airbnb because <laughs> that's the high season and we need to make that um, income. That's why we're not living there. Um, so we haven't really ever had this as an issue.
1: Yeah, I think there's a few things you can do here. Uh, one, just make sure people know that it's an investment. So as Heather mentioned, we tell people if you want to book it in the high season, Okay. But you have to pay the price. Like, this is when we make our money. They know that we need to make money from it. The other thing you could do is then, conversely, have them come in the off-season and and either not charge them or charge them a little bit or tell them, hey, it'd be way cheaper if you came in the off-season. Another thing you can do is when you're getting your Airbnb first started out, you can ask for friends and family and say, hey, we'd like you to come in exchange for a review. We'll charge you way less than what we might charge. Or you could give it to them for free. That's up to you. But then have them use a booking platform like airbnb and then leave a review just knock the price down low tell them to book there um and and get and get some reviews or you can just have them stay and just say hey tell us what you would change so there's ways to do that but yeah we haven't had to um to deal with this too often and if people know that it's an investment and things like that they get it and if they don't then you just have to be explicit about it it's business (laughs) yeah uh at miss brunette perez says will you talk travel again yes Yes, ma'am. We will. Yes, we will. Uh, We're actually gearing up for that (laughs) seasons two and three will all be travel related. Um, So yes, we'll be talking plenty about travel. If you stuck with us through this um, season, and you weren't really into short term, you just wanted more of the podcast. Thank you. If you love the short term stuff. Great. You know, we're going to continue to talk about that on Instagram and stuff like that because we know this is a conduit for a lot of people to leave their nine to five. Um, actually, someone Bridget Lynn 8396 asked, what are some of the best location independent careers? I'm going to tell you, Bridget Lynn, go to locationindie.com or follow us on Instagram. Get on our email newsletter because we talk all about location independence over there. Actually, listen to our podcast. It's called the Location Indie Podcast. We'll give that information But one of the reasons we're so passionate about short-term rentals is that it has allowed us to continue to build a location independent lifestyle because it's just another way to help either help you leave your nine to five job by bringing in income or continue to allow you to live the location independent lifestyle. And for us, it's gotten us even closer to financial freedom um, outside of our online businesses. So uh, that's, that's why we're so passionate about the short-term rental game. Um, at Telephone Smoothie, I, I always wonder like, what's the name, what is the meaning behind this? So at Telephone Smoothie, any thoughts on how many travelers don't use Airbnb anymore because it's all investment properties? I Thoughts on this? I think most people are still using Airbnb um, because I think that Airbnb itself has positioned themselves away from renting rooms in someone's house to renting properties whether they be one bedroom two bedroom three bedroom whatever um and airbnb actually said uh this last quarter they've had more travelers than they ever have before so um i'm not turned off by by it being investment properties are you have
0: no not at all
1: yeah i i mean i'm i'm cool with people renting out their own homes we do that but i'm also cool with people buying homes as investment properties and then making them awesome um so yeah, the more the more options as a travel you have, the better. Um, at practice underscore compassion, do you have your rentals in an LLC?
0: Currently, I mean, no.
1: No. Um, there are pros and cons against this. Again, I don't want to give too much advice because we're actually trying to figure out the best way to go about this ourselves. I think the overall, it's best to have them in an LLC. But these are things that you can, especially in North Carolina, figure out later. Whereas in Philly, you had to pay transfer taxes and would get dinged. But in North Carolina, we can put them in an LLC uh, after we purchase them. So we are looking to do that. Um, At It's Terra, it's Terra T. Do you have tips for saving up on a single and low income? I assume this means saving up to get your first short-term rental.
0: Well, you are the big saver in this relationship. And so Trav's opinion would probably just be to cut back as much as you can where you can.
1: Yeah, cut back where you can. We, and, and I would say, like, you don't have to go off to the best possible property at first. Get one under your belt. Or actually, the thing that I would mention is look into how you can house hack. Yeah, start there. Um, That's maybe buying a duplex, living in one side, renting out the other, and or even pay if pay you, for your mortgage.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But even if you rent and it's okay with your landlord, you can sublet. And that's another way that you can start making extra money
1: towards... Yep. You can also have a three bedroom and you can rent out rooms on Airbnb. We mentioned that that was the original Airbnb model was renting out rooms in a house. And so um, you can do that. And I know people who have done that to to gain income and or cut their expenses and then has allowed them to then go and buy other properties. Um, At Jeff Ross 34 says, what do you think more people should ask about that they don't ask about when thinking about short term rentals?
0: I don't know. We covered so many things.
1: Yeah, for me, this is the idea that people don't think about who their target market is enough. They don't sit there and say, who is my absolute target market when it comes to short-term rentals? They they just go after everyone. And so that's the question I think more people should be asking is like, who is my ideal avatar for this property? And then doing everything to get the property around them. And then saying, how do I be remarkable for those people? I think people don't go that that second level deep. They just like, oh, what property works well? Okay, I think this will be okay. And they don't go on that next level. Um, at Jeff Ross also asked this question, what do you think is the biggest factor? What do you think has been the biggest factor for your success? I would just echo what we what I just said is really thinking about how to make your place remarkable and then also who our ideal avatar is
0: yeah but also picking the right property you know in the right location because as we mentioned in philadelphia you can make money off airbnb there and we did but and and that was fine for us but you know if you want to make more money you it's better to go to a vacation destination because it just has more of a season, I, I think. And we have found that to be true.
1: Yeah. And that comes from running the numbers. That yeah. comes from like looking in different places, running the numbers on AirDNA, you know, um, reading articles where they tell you what the best destinations are. I mean, we I gave you a lot of, we're joking because <laughs> I gave you a ton of these stats yeah, in the but beginning, but.
0: That's research that we do so that we can figure out where we're going to buy next.
1: Exactly. So yeah, I think that purchasing in the right place starting with that and then saying, how do I make it remarkable and who am I and who is this for and how am I going exactly after them? Because if you do all three of those, you will, you will hit triples and home runs because you will be in a good market and then your listing will be at the top of that market. Um, uh, At Ellie belly says a real example for the numbers episode with real numbers instead of percentages, please. Um, Okay. I'll just give you the real numbers that we have for, these two properties in North Carolina. We bought the house that we're in at $639,000. That was a steal. Um, it was underpriced. but if Probably we,
0: because it's so close to the ocean. Yeah, there are some <laughs> things
1: that led it to be un, uh, underpriced. Um, the If we were to rent it out all year long, we would gross between $180,000 and $200,000 a year. So that is a very, I'm going to give a percentage, That is a very high percentage. I shoot, so that's like almost 30%, right, of how much you paid versus how much you're grossing a year. A very good deal for us is if you can gross 20% of what you paid. So, for example, when, and and by paid, I mean pay like all in, how much you paid to buy it, then renovate it, then stage it, get it running. Uh, For example, the cottages that we just bought here, there are four of them, there are four units, all in, we will probably be close to about nine hundred to nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which is a crazy number. Um, our I, our goal is and what we are projecting is to gross around two hundred thousand from that property. So that's closer to that twenty percent um, mark. So those are some some real numbers. Uh, every place is different, but those are some real numbers for you. When we were in Philly. I think the best one that we had for the best year we paid four hundred and twelve thousand, and I think we grossed seventy thousand. Um, so that's a little under. That's about twenty percent, or, or a little lower. Yeah. So so just f. So those are some real numbers. Again, um, I don't know if those are the numbers that you really. W- that's probably the numbers people want. Uh, shoot for twenty percent. If your grow, if your yearly gross can be. Uh, around twenty percent of the purchase price purchase plus reno's plus furnishing and staging okay that's that's a decent place to be, assuming everything else is checks out and and it's okay. um all right,, uh, this was a good question at Christy Rose six forty six says how much did you need to start up? I just gave some of those numbers. um it 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 really depends. I mean, if you're going after a one bedroom, You could start really low. We have friends who have started by buying in cheaper areas like St. Louis, where you can get places, you know, for a hundred thousand, $120,000. If you're, you know, if you're calling it a second home, you can put down as little as 10%, you know, so you could get started there. Um, If you already own a home, you can get started almost for free by just deciding to rent it out when you go away or things like that. Um, as you get into more competitive markets, the price to get in is higher because the home prices are higher. But um, have give them yeah. some numbers then, because that's like purchasing, but that can be super variable depending on what you're looking at. But numbers to get started then if you're starting from scratch and you are looking to furnish and decorate an Airbnb.
0: So for all of our properties in Philadelphia, most of them were a four bedroom. And I would say that we spent about Excuse me, 20,000 to 25,000 on the very high end to decorate those. Now, those ones, we did mention that we didn't do anything really remarkable with them. We kind of just, you know, we made them nice enough. They were styled well enough, but um, we didn't go the extra mile. I think if we had spent just a couple thousand more at each place, you know, maybe max 5,000 more, we could have leveled up a little bit. C- case in
1: point i'll give the, i'll give everyone an example we had the one with the roof deck i would have tried to see if we could have put a hot tub on the roof deck or something like that um you know just something that is yeah. remarkable well
0: even for example the one that we had in old city the very last one that we sold that used to be part of you know ben franklin's stables was what that was one of my favorite ones it was in old city it was very charming it had access to the roof when we bought it we said We should put a roof deck on here. That
1: would make it a home run.
0: We never did it. Yeah. Just because we're like, okay, we've spent too much money, so now we're done. That's fine. That was the position we were in then. But now that we've been doing it a lot longer, we've realized, okay, it would be worth it to spend a couple thousand to put the roof the moment
1: on. I closed on that house I would have called a contractor and been like yeah. come put a roof in we're, we're rolling just this all through. into the price
0: yeah, yeah. follow through Not think roof, about all the roof deck yeah <laughs> <laughs> put a roof, a roof on Yeah, that make sure, yeah make sure your investment property has a roof no I mean just thinking of those things when you're buying and being realistic about it um, so it just depends on what works for you at the time you know at the time we were like this is how much we're going to spend and that's that um, so that, that, that and it worked for us so now we're but just but it
1: didn't work as well as it could have I didn't work as well as it could have if we had a hot tub on if we put a roof deck on that old city one and put a hot tub up top and you had views of the Ben Franklin Bridge from a hot tub? Yeah. You better believe that place that would have been, we would have yeah. charged a lot more yeah. and would have been booked out.
0: Yeah. And that's what we would have needed to do if we kept that house, you yeah. know? And so instead we just sold it and now we are focusing in other areas. Now I'm but- trying
1: to talk Heather into putting a hot tub at this house <laughs> well, that I can enjoy. Sure. sure.
0: So. Um, yeah. I'm so- just
1: working what I want to yeah. do into all these podcasts. Hot tubs.
0: Uh, yeah, so about twenty to 30,000 on the bigger homes. And I think our beach house, I don't have an exact number because we live here. So we made some nicer choices for some of the furniture here. We also um, brought
1: some furniture from our other yeah, house. So. And
0: the same for the cottages. We've used some p- furniture from the Airbnbs in Philly. So until we get those real numbers, I can't really share that because I don't know yet. I'll
1: give you a safe estimate that, that again, is variable 5,000 a bedroom. Think five thousand a bedroom to furnish. Uh, Again, it could be way more. You could do it less, but if you want to do it right, estimate five thousand to seven thousand a bedroom.
0: Right, but you're not saying you would spend seven thousand just on the bedroom. No, but I mean, but you're talking about for the size. I mean, you could have a one bedroom
1: that's three thousand square feet. Well, it's going to be more. But you know, if you're getting a one bedroom that's six hundred and fifty square foot or a studio, think five to seven thousand. If you're getting a two bedroom that's thousand square feet, think ten. Three bedroom, fifteen. Four bedroom, twenty. Right, just as yeah. a rough rough estimate yeah. uh, um yep but yeah that's how much you need to start up and and then again the purchase price is going to be different and and i don't want to get into all the different things you can do with lending because that would go forever but um yeah there's there's some things to work with at at christy rose 646
0: yeah and i just want to put out another thing too is that you can also plan to do it in stages like if you're starting out and you're like i only have seven thousand to spend or ten thousand to spend do what you can and then make sure that you're going back and saying, okay, now after we've made some money, I'm gonna add this cool feature yep. and I'm gonna add this nice piece. You can you can you can level up as you go. Totally. Just make sure you actually do it. Unlike us where we never put on a roof deck in four years.
1: That's right. Make sure the hot tub is is <laughs> you have it set where the goal is when you're gonna get the hot tub on. Um at uh Kimmy T108 says. Have you had neighbors be upset about being next to a short-term rental?
0: Yeah. Upset? I mean, a little bit. No one has. I mean, the one, all the neighbors in the HOA said, no, you can't have short-term renters. So we had to do long-term.
1: Yes. Okay. If you're in a condo or an HOA, I would be very careful. That actually should have been a lesson learned in episode eight. Uh, Shy away from HOAs and condos. It, unless it's explicitly
0: can. written that you can,
1: yeah, and unless it's like in a vacation town where all of them are short-term rentals, then whatever. But um, shy away from that. Yeah, they did, but yes, okay. As far as single-family homes that we've bought, um, you know, we've always been really open with the neighbors in Philly. It was a, I think that people were a little more upset because of the fact that it was a city, and you know, you were close to each other and. You know, the one neighbor I can think of on the, on the place in Old City, you know, they lived there. They were really nice. You know, every once in a while he'd text me be like, hey, there's a party going on and, and then I'd have to deal with that or call our property managers who would deal with it. So they were gracious, but I think they probably didn't love it. That is another reason why I really enjoy going to vacation rental areas, whether that be the mountains, whether that be the beach, whatever places that are known to be vacation spots, because you're going to have a bunch of other vacation rentals there. And, uh, it's just, it's known. Like if we, we live in this house, we're in a vacation spot. Okay. We see renters in the houses next door all the time, whatever. It's a known thing. So I, I like that versus being in cities sometimes because I do think cities or congested areas where, where it's not, you know, it's real people living there all the time and they're right on top of each other. I think you could get some blowback. Yeah. But ultimately...
0: And again, that's a lesson learned with the big houses in the in the city with the big parties. You know, if you have a studio in the city, I don't think people would care if you rent it because how many people are you going to come into a studio? Right. 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 So just, you know, it's the type of property, the guests you're allowing to stay there yep. as well.
1: That's a great question though. Um And, and we try, I should say, Kimmy uh, T... And and anyone listening, like we always try to make sure we've done as much as we can to be a good neighbor anyway. um, uh, You know, again, the parties like the big house and party thing, like there's only so much you can do there. But yeah, I, I would just be really upfront with the neighbors if you do know them or if you're changing your house to be a short term rental or you're going to rent it when you leave and you know your neighbors, just tell them. We always did that in Phoenix. So, hey, we have renters coming in and they were super cool about it. Um, at Kazia underscore life. What is a reasonable goal for nights per month rented for a short-term rental? Um, this is completely variable. I gave you the, I like to look at it for, for yearly occupancy rates, which is all the numbers that I gave at the beginning of the show and last show. You know, our house at the beach, during the three summer months, 100% occupancy. So it should be rented 30 or 31 nights out of, out of the month. Um, but in the winter that's not going to happen. So this is very hard to answer. I would use, what I love using is AirDNA.co. Use AirDNA. That will show you the average occupancy rate for that type of property in the area you're in. It will also show you the average daily rate. So um, Hawaii is going to have higher occupancy rates than, than Mississippi, as we found out. So this is really just going to depend on how big your property is, how much you're charging. You know, if you have a big property, it's going to be rented less, but you're going to charge more. So, it's tough to answer that. But use Air DNA to give you a baseline for how that type of property in that area that you're at. Um, last question at Practice Compassion: What should we do? What should we be doing to get ready while we are under contract? All right, Hath, This is a great question. So you've decided to do an STR. You're under contract. What do you do to prep? You shop. Well, that's what you're
0: doing. (laughs) You start that Pinterest board. Um, It was really exciting, actually, when we decided we were going to buy this beach house. And I was like, "Wow, I'm going to get to design and style a beach house. I immediately started a Pinterest board. Um, So you don't have to do that. But it does help with making your space cohesive and having a good idea of what you want the style of that space to be. Um, So that's the fun part. Then you can actually start shopping if you have a place where you can ship things to or store things for the property. Because once you get it, you want to get it set up pretty quickly so you can start making money on it. So those are usually my roles when getting a new property when we go under contract. Now, Trav, unfortunately... I mean, fortunately for well, me, but I'm, I'm doing, all doing all the
1: lending stuff and all the lending paperwork stuff. and BS, but let's assume that you just know you have to do that anyway. Um, I would say you've pro- if you've listened to this podcast and you've taken our advice, you've already thought as you were in the buying process and looking for properties about what house you wanted, who you were going to go after as your avatar, how you're going to make it remarkable. But now it's time to really start thinking about that stuff. So um, that's what I would be doing. I would be saying, okay, We have a three bedroom house. It's here. Who are we going after? That goes in line with Heather's shopping thing, right? You don't want to start shopping until you think about, hey, how are we making this remarkable? You know, build those line items into your budget first. Okay, we are definitely getting a hot tub. Cool. Well, if my budget is 25 grand and I'm definitely getting a hot tub, well, there's five grand. All right. You know, so. Um, that's what I would be doing. Thinking about the property, thinking about how you're going to be making it remarkable and, and know who you're going to go after. Then as Heather mentioned, start shopping because you want to get it ready. Um, if there's work that needs to be done, I was just
0: going to say this. If it's not turnkey, then you need,
1: yeah. Then you start looking for contractors. If you have contractors, start telling them we are closing on this date. We want you in the very next day because especially during COVID, uh, it's really hard to find good contractors, and it's really hard to get them started. It's also really good uh, hard to find good furniture and all that stuff because of supply chain um, delays in logistics. So just start now because you... Our goal, and this has not been the case with this last one, with these cottages, we closed on them in August, and our first one just got up in November. So it was a long lag time. We had to renovate it down to the studs, so that's why. But our goal is, if it's ready to go, and you just have to furnish it and and do a minimal renovations or no renovations, is to have it up and ready in three weeks. Um, and I think you can do that if you're if you're ready to go. So start. How's it going to be awesome? And then. Start shopping. Mm -hmm. That's what you got to do. Awesome. That is all our questions. Thank you guys so much. Two episodes of Ask Us Anything. Uh, don't forget, if you still do have short-term rental questions, just ping us. Yeah. Get a hold of us on Instagram. DM us. Um, if you're interested, if you're a six or seven or, hey, eight-figure earner and you're sitting there and you're saying, I want to get in the short-term rental game. Uh, I want a personalized service. I want someone to help me find it. I want someone to help me figure out the numbers, make sure it's a good deal. And then I want someone, after we close, to Help us figure out how to manage it and furnish it and do all that kind of stuff. We are here to help you. You can check that out at strlifestyle.com. We have an application there for you to fill out. And if you want design services, get a hold of Heather at juju and co dot co um or on Instagram. Get a hold of her at Heather Sherry or at Juju Um, there. We're here to help out, guys. And we've got one more, at least one more, but definitely for sure one more. Um <laughs> Episode in this season, and then yes, we'll be getting back to travel and fun in season two and season three. So thank you guys for listening. Um, it's been awesome, and we'll see you in the next episode.
0: Lightning struck in an open plane, and we forgot this old city's name. See your breath on window pane. Let's just talk it strikes again On my way through I saw you on my way through On my way through I saw you I'll see you again Someday